Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Well, it's the season. Christmas is upon us, and I have a simple Christmas message tonight. But before we go to that, I do want to exhort you concerning our responsibility and call to the nations. Nations of the world, yes, make disciples of all nations, but we've been called to this particular geographical place in the world. This is the land of our inheritance. The Bible says, ask, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. It's a promise made to Jesus Christ. And so at this Christmas season, it's a wonderful time where we can stop in at places of business, places we frequent, and give a gift, put a touch card there, inviting to the Christmas Eve service. Uh, we can give a box of chocolates or some monetary gift to people that are meaningful in that realm and put a bridge to life in there. Bridge to Life, Salvation Call, or the four spiritual laws that go through the sinner, repentance, Christ, the gift of God, of salvation in their lives. These are available for a dollar each at the reception. And I encourage you to do all you can to reach people for Christ this season. We are called to be witnesses of the Lord. We don't close the case. The Holy Spirit does. But he calls witness after witness after witness in people's lives. And who knows, you may be the last witness. And that person will say, so many people have spoken to me. I've been dealt with over the years. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want to come to church. The Apostle Paul said, I am a debtor. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, is, I am ready to preach the gospel. I'm ready to share the good news. Can you say that about your own heart today? As much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. I'm a debtor that when we talk with people and we get to know people, there is a sacred debt upon our life. I owe that person that I would speak the name of Jesus to them. I owe it that I would tell that person about heaven, about salvation, about the gift of God, about repentance and forgiveness in Christ. Remember what Spurgeon said, if sinners must be damned, then let them go to hell with our arms wrapped around their knees, begging them to stay. If hell must be filled, then at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go there unwarned or unprayed for. We have a sacred obligation to share the gospel, and I encourage you, take the touch cards, pick up some four spiritual laws, be a blessing this season, slip a box of chocolates or a gift, a card into somebody's hands with that message of Christ in there. You never know what the Holy Spirit will do in a time of need. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, the choice, Bethlehem or Bedlam. Let's begin with Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, 
But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The choice, Bethlehem or Bedlam. Bethlehem means house of bread, God's house of bread. Bedlam means a state of uproar and confusion, commotion, mayhem. Bethlehem or Bedlam, and it's interesting how these two words are connected. The word Bedlam is really a corruption of the word Bethlehem. It traces back a number of centuries ago in 1247 in London, England. A small hospital was started, and it was called St. Mary's of Bethlehem or Bethlehem Royal Hospital. And it was a small hospital. It was there to provide healing for the sick, the poor, sick paupers. And they came and were ministered to. And over time, by the 1400s, this hospital was almost entirely devoted to caring for people with mental illness, the mentally ill. And it was a place where they would come and be treated it's a place that became infamous for barbaric practices and cruel treatments administered to the mentally ill, this mental asylum, in, cure, in hopes to cure them. So in the 1400s, this place, a mental asylum, a place where the mentally ill were sought to be healed and cured in some way, barbaric ways even. The Londoners, because this name progressed, at first they called it Bethlehem. Then after a while they kind of abbreviated it and just called it Bethlehem. And then after a while it even became pronounced as Bedlam. Bedlam. And in a strange twist of irony, this is the ultimate reality. This is the ultimate choice of all people. It's either Bethlehem or Bedlam. It's either God's house of bread or you end up in mayhem. You end up in confusion. If we don't receive the Bethlehem miracle, we end up in Bedlam mayhem, heaven or hell. And it's amazing as I think about it today, how these words have separated and have stood for such opposite things. But heaven or hell must be pretty close because I've never seen Babylon, I mean Bedlam, in such confusion as it is today. And that's the choice. Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, claws lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace 
goodwill toward men. Point number one tonight, Jesus came in the night to a people in darkness. Old little town of Bethlehem, penned in 1868 by a renowned minister, clergyman in Boston and Philadelphia, Phillips Brooks. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and dream and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. In the night, Jesus came in the night to a people in darkness, a people living in sin under the shroud of enemy power, in confusion, ignorance, and misunderstanding. In Matthew 4, verse 17, 13 to 17, when Jesus came in his ministry 30 years later, it says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, a region that was largely populated not only by Jews, but many foreign nations. The Gentiles were there. The nations of the world had gathered and dwelt there. And the Bible says that's where Jesus came. He came by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now we are right there in those verses. Our lives are in those verses. We are the Gentiles. We are the peoples of the earth. And the Bible says the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of the shadow of death, light has dawned upon us. Light has dawned upon us. Where would we be without Jesus? Thank the Lord for our salvation tonight. Where would we be without Jesus? We would still be bound in darkness under the ignorance of Satan. Stumbling along in human frailty and futility. But the light of life has come. A light has dawned. Jesus Christ has come into our world. He's come into our streets and shown us the way. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world, the great I am. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Let's follow him in worship. Let's follow him in prayer. Let's follow him in Christian character. Let's follow him in Bible reading. Let's follow him in our speech. Let's follow him in vision and prophetic utterance and the promises of God. He that follows me, Jesus said, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus came in the night to a world in darkness, 
And he broke that darkness in our lives and brought us salvation. Number two, Jesus came in the night to a people asleep. Yeah, just like my neighborhood every Sunday morning. I drive through my neighborhood and I know many of my neighbors and I cry out in my spirit and I weep over them. Wake up, wake up, wake up. The time is short. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, oh, little neighborhood in Edmonton, in your dark streets shines the everlasting light. Awake to the light. Let the lips of those who sleep begin to speak. If only they knew who had come into their world. If only they knew the promises of God. If only they knew the life they could live. Awake, awake. And we cry it in our spirit and we prophesy it and we pray it over our neighborhoods and we pray it over people. Awake to righteousness, awake. Jesus said one day, it's going to be too late. He told his disciples to awake. But they were overcome with sleep and drowsiness, and the time came where he said, sleep on now, take your rest, it's too late. You missed your opportunity. People that are willing to be disturbed every morning of the week for livelihood and business and enterprise, but so unwilling to be disrupted, to get up and go to the house of God for spiritual matters, to find a church, you know, when the message came in to Jerusalem concerning Bethlehem and the ruler that was to be born, the Bible says Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem was troubled. There are times that people are troubled and conviction comes upon them. But like Herod, they're just not troubled enough to take a six-mile journey down to Bethlehem to drive 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers or 30 kilometers to church. Sound asleep. Sound asleep. And the Lord is calling. Ephesians 5.14, Therefore he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. If we will awake, if we will arise from the dead, Christ will give us light. You know, when you're sleeping, it's, it's, it's almost like you're dead. You're totally oblivious to anything that's going on in your world. Jesus said, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. Light, or 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness, and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. He's writing to Corinthians, people that were sinning, and they knew it. He said, I write this to your shame. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Christians that have been awakened, but now they've fallen back to sleep. They're drowsy. It's hard to rouse them out of bed, hard to get them off the couch, hard to get them to the prayer services, hard to get them to the house of God. Awake, you sleep. The Bible says in Isaiah 30 and 10, people that say to the seers, do not see. 
and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. We don't want to hear right doctrine. We don't want to hear the conviction. We don't want to hear the repentance. We don't want to feel the cut. Preach to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. That's what happened to God's people in the Old Testament. Such a revival, such a move of God. But after time, they settled back and they became drowsy in spirit. They said to the preachers, prophesy smooth things. Like, online church is church too. Or, let's put the word campus behind it. Online campus. There, that should legitimize it. Awake, you sleep, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Let's stir our hearts. Let's awake to righteousness and sin not. Jesus Christ came in the night to those who are asleep to wake us, to rouse us, to get us active for the kingdom, to be prayer warriors and prayer prophets and gospel preachers and worship warriors, to contend in battle for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, Proverbs 24, 30 to 34, I went by the field of the lazy man and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. Here's a man who had a vineyard. He had a spiritual inheritance. He had a call of God. He knew who he was in times past, but now a slothful spirit had taken hold of this man. His vineyard was not taken care of. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come. So shall your spiritual poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Let's awake to righteousness. Awake you that sleep and rise from the dead. Let's stir our hearts. Let's be attentive. Let's be alert to the call of God. Let's rise up in the morning and seek the Lord. Let's get up Sunday mornings filled with fire and faith to help progress the gospel, advance the kingdom, and stir the church and encourage our brothers and call on God for miracles, signs, and wonders so that his name would be exalted. Number three, final point, Jesus came in the night so we'd have the bread of heaven in the morning. He came in the night. He came in the night so we'd have the bread of heaven in the morning. Bethlehem means the house of bread. It was in Bethlehem that the bread of God, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, was given as a gift to the whole world. In the Old Testament, the manna, the bread of heaven, came down in the night. And when the people rose up in the morning, they gathered it, and it was everything they needed. In that same way, Jesus Christ has come down in the night, in the darkness of this world, so that we might have bread in the morning and be fed and be fully provided for in him. Exodus 16, 14 to 15. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. 
Isn't hoarfrost beautiful? That's what the manna was like. In some mornings when the trees are covered with hoarfrost, dazzling in beauty, that's what it was like. And colors would dance on that hoarfrost scene. And people would go out and gather and wonder at the greatness of God. A small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And no matter how long you eat it, no matter how long you partake of Christ, you will always be saying, what is it? What is it? There's more. Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the bread from heaven. Then John 6, 48 to 51, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. This is the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Hallelujah. Jesus is the living bread. He's the bread from heaven. He brought life to our spirit. We are made righteous with the righteousness of Christ. We have the very life of God in our spirit, the Zoe, the God life. We've been born of God. His seed is in us, and we are eternally His because the bread of life has fed into our spirit. Jesus is the living bread. He brought us the Word of God. He brought us the Bible. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. Jesus, the living bread, has brought us the word of God so we can feed our souls and be satisfied and be enriched and walk in understanding and walk in power. Jesus Christ is the living bread. He comes to heal our bodies, strengthen our systems, for healing is the children's bread. He, he, he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He's the living bread. He's the living bread. He's the provision. Jesus said, don't be concerned. Don't be anxious about the needs of your living, food, shelter, and clothing. He said, after all these things, do the people of the nations that don't know the Father, they're anxious, they're concerned. But he said, I want you to have rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Ask and it will be given to you, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, our provider. He's the living bread. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. John 6, 57 to 58. Worship team, come please. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. 
Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. What an invitation we have from the Lord. That day after day, let's take time to get into his presence and partake of him and feed on him, his character, his nature, his life, who he is. And then we take in the word of God and feed on the living word of God and read chapter after chapter after chapter. And we memorize promises and we pull them into our heart until his word is like a burning fire shut up in our bones. Then we live. That's where we really live. Jesus came in the night, and because he did, we live in the light of day. Let's close out with Luke chapter 1, these beautiful words. Zacharias was prophesying over his son that was just born, who would become John the Baptist, and overflowed into prophecies about Jesus. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, King David, Jesus Christ the Lord. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. He's redeemed us from our enemies, not the Romans, not the Russians, not the federal government. He's redeemed us from the powers of darkness, from Satan, from sin, and from the bondage of our own flesh life that we could serve him. And you, child, John will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will be, go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring, marginal, the Messiah, the dawning, with which the dawning from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand together tonight. Let's thank God for Jesus. Let's thank God for Bethlehem, the house of bread. Jesus came in the night to break our darkness came in the night to break our slumber, our lethargy, our reluctance. He came in the night to give us the bread of heaven so we could rise and live and live forever because of his grace and mercy. As we close out tonight, let's take a few moments and worship the Lord. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you tonight. 
some area of your life. Maybe there's a carelessness. Say, I've been, I've been dozing off there. Let's bring adjustment to our spirit tonight. Say, Lord, with all zeal, all fire and all strength, Lord God, because of your spirit in me, I will serve you. If you're here tonight and you're a prodigal, you've wandered from the Lord, awake, you sleep and rise from the dead and Christ will give you light. The time is short. It's Bethlehem, the gift of our Savior. It's Bedlam, confusion, consternation, death and hellfire. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He's our Savior. He's our Savior. If you don't know Jesus tonight, open up your heart. Holy Spirit would want you to open up your heart and accept the Lord and say, I will walk, I will follow Jesus. He is the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Eternal consequences in every one of our lives tonight, Lord. So, Father, we separate our hearts from the world and unto you, Lord. Every bondage of sin, Lord, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. Give us understanding and wisdom. The entrance of your words gives light to us, Lord. And Father, how thankful we are that you have come into our dark world. In these dark streets of our cities, O oh Lord, and the nations of the world, the light has shined, the everlasting light has come. And we pray, Father, that our Lord Jesus Christ would be glorified more and more in our time and place. In Jesus' name.